This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month starting three months from initial enrollment. See uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Good evening, everybody. How are we feeling this morning? And every they say every cloud has a silver lining. I suppose not only did we win the East Midlands Derby, not only did we get revenge, but by beating Nottingham Forest, Benitez is now being linked with them and not us. <laughs> Happy days. This is Letter to I Die TV. Good evening. It's time. Strap yourself in, because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts.
Till I Die TV. Your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. And now, here's your host. Right, Chris. Every cloud, eh, Rob? Absolutely. Oh, and it was... um... Although it was uh, pitch black last night, the sun was shining on Leicester, wasn't it, for the for the <laughs> first time this season, and very very welcome. So I think we we're all getting rickets from uh, a lack of uh, UV. It's been a really tough start to the season, hasn't it? Oh, it's been it's been awful. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us. It's obviously people know you, but it's Rob Tanner from the Athletic. And if you don't subscribe to the Athletic yet, please do. Uh, it's a pound for the first few months, and then it goes up seven ninety nine. But I tell you what, better value than Netflix, it really is. Um, I was reading the bit that you did uh, yesterday. What changed for Leicester? Phase mm. distribution, cover for fullbacks, and a bit of luck. Yeah. But, it's what we've lacked is that bit of luck. And I, I, and I guess you're referring to the, the post. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously much, much more than a bit of luck. I mean, like the, yes. the, the biggest yeah. point I wanted to make in that piece was that analysing the games and looking at the average player positions um, at that time. I mean, well, I looked at the Tottenham one and they were so high up the pitch in that whole game, their mm. average positions. I mean, the only two players on average that were in their own half with Johnny Evans and, and Fast. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the fullbacks are so high constantly. And the, the idea, I mean, we, I did ask Brendan about this last Friday and he, he, he sort of tried to explain the thinking there that because they haven't got a right winger, Castagna is the, is the width, he's the outlet. Mm. So he's encouraged to bomb on. Uh, so when James Justin bombs on as well, sometimes they do it at the same time. And then the midfielders are supposed to drop in. Yeah. Telemans or whoever's playing on the left at the time, Keenan Dewsbury Hall. And um, but if they don't do it, if they just switch off for a second, they're so vulnerable. And it's been happening time and time and time again. And yesterday, I still thought we were vulnerable at times at the back, mm. but I could see Telemans, and you could see from the average positions for last night, Telemans was covering for Castagna, and he had the same over on the left. So they they looked at that, analysed it. I mean, people ask me, what did they do in the international break? Obviously, Brenda went and played golf with the staff in Loch Lomond, come back, spent a week analysing this, went to Belfast to visit the hospice that he's a patron of, and he come back. When they all, he got all the lads back in, they worked on this. They did work on it because they, they had to shore up the back. And I thought that was the major feature for me last night. Yes, definitely. Um, new, um, and I forget the gentleman's name, but new set piece. Coach, yeah, Lars, yeah, Lars, that's it, yes. yeah, Lars, Lars and, and Fars, we've got, haven't we? Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you could see as well in the set pieces last night how inventive they yeah. were. They didn't just go direct into the box, did they? There was little passes around the corner, there was people yeah. running off people, short corners. Um, you could see that. I mean, obviously, it's difficult in the international window, you could uh, you can only do so much because you've got so many of your players away. and uh, yeah. But the, the, the key figure in that, and I'm sure we're going to talk about him a lot tonight, James Madison, because he takes them all. And <sighs> last night yeah. I thought he was incredibly inventive in the way he went about his game. He was the creator. Yeah. Um, he was on another level, I think, to, to everything else on the pitch. And But I think he would have spent a lot of that, those two weeks. And, and people going about, he should be in the England squad, he should be in the England squad. Great for Leicester, he wasn't because he can work on all that stuff with Lars. 
I actually, um, I was watching, I couldn't sleep last night, whether it was the adrenaline or not, I don't know, but I was up most of the night. So seven o'clock this morning, I'm up watching um, Sky Sports News, The Breakfast Show, uh-huh. and uh, they're asking you to, to to message in, say, you know, about James Madison. Yeah. Uh, and I think I sort of said, like, you know, how is this guy, no, so how did I word it? Is there anybody that can't say that this guy should now be in the England squad? I said, well, obviously one person, Southgate. <laughs> and he read that out. <coughs> the, guy, the guy looked at the guy and, said, and he said to me, he said, would you be saying that if you'd gone to Newcastle? And I said, 110% definitely, because I wouldn't be as worried if he got injured then. <laughs> England fans all over the country will be saying it. Yeah. They, will, they will be saying, look, he's in form. I mean, mm. his stats are incredible. I mean, only Harry Kane the, is the other English player that's, had more goal contributions, whether they're scoring or assisting, mm. in the last since the start of last season, yeah. and he's still not in the England squad. And he's in a and, and and all due respect, Leicester have not had the greatest time over that period. You know, it's not no. like the, the no. two previous seasons. Uh, so you just have to wonder what more he he has to do. And I said, I honestly think he has to wait out Gareth Southgate if he's going to get in, because I think the next manager will look at it and go, "This is a non no brainer." He, he has I, to be in. I guess some managers just don't fancy certain players for whatever reason. Yeah, it happens. You know? It yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, look at Brendan and Siunsu. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to say, I could have named a few with Nigel Pearson yeah. for a while. Um, Karma, what a name. What a name for this morning. Karma, welcome along. Uh, glad to have you here. Um so uh Terry says a comment to the, the night before we even got going here. Um hi Rob, I've started a fan mag for Nottingham Forest fans. It's called the Pathetic. Any tip you can give me to pass on to them? Boom boom, boom boom, Terry. Uh David gets in early. Good evening, David. Um oh Chris Rob, January isn't when the better players are available to be signed. So how concerned should we be that Yuri and potentially Madison may have to be sold then? to maximise incoming cash? Tielemans possibly, Madison no. Mm. Uh, Madison's still got uh, another year on his on his contract. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm sure they'll be talking to his agents right now, trying to get him to tie down to another deal. Yeah, They need they need to throw the boat out to keep him, if, if, if possible, because he's developed over the last 18 months more than any player I think I've ever seen. Um, yes. you know, before he always like you'd switch off in games, or he's always had the talent, always had mm. the talent, but something's clicked. But since Brendan left him out, uh, early part of last season, something's clicked in him, like his focus. And I think it's the birth of his child, yes, he, I was gonna he, say. Uh, and, and settling mm. down and having that settled family environment at home. And he just seems, I mean, it happened with Jamie Vardy, it happened a lot later in his career with Jamie Vardy, mm. but it happened with Jamie as well. And suddenly, you know, that professionalism just kicks in. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt his professionalism before, but, you know, he's no. a young man, you know, he wants to yeah, enjoy yeah. himself. We've all been there. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't, I wouldn't knock him for that. But um, I just think that the light bulb, mo- that was the light bulb moment. And mm. um, he, he's been totally focused since. And we've seen it. I mean, the one of the features last night was the defensive running he was making. I mean, you know, when you watch, you can watch games on TV and you don't spot things. But when you watch them live and you can see, you know, how far, you know, he's doing 40, 50 mile, uh, meter yeah. doggies to get back and cover and he's mm. putting it in as well. And you think, well, 
yeah, he's he, he's learned. He's he's taken on board what Brendan Rodgers has said, and uh, he, he's doing it. It is, and I I, I found something interesting earlier because I was um, having one of my my usual YouTube journeys. You know, you, you watch something and it clicks. You it recommends something else. You click on that, and two hours later, you're still watching sort of boats ending up in Turkey or something. But mm. I, I clicked onto a, a, a thing about. Um, Oh, Matt Letizia, uh, at, uh, at when he was um, no yeah. longer the guy. But, but he said what one of the things why he never left Southampton, obviously there was a lot of it, uh, you know, family, et cetera, et cetera. But he said one of the main things was he liked being a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I don't know what the circumstances were back then, but I'm sure there was a lot of big clubs that wanted Matt Letizia. Oh, there was, yeah. I mean, there was Liverpool's Man United, yeah. Spurs coming in for him. But he um, knew he was going to play every week. Yes. Um, the big yeah. draw now in this era is the Champions League. And mm. I think, and I know people talk about Newcastle uh, for James, but if he if he gave it gave it another year or so, he could be at the top, top level the way he's he's progressing. If he continues to progress in the same fashion, um, you know, he, he really could be at that really top table level. I mean, I think personally, he's already surpassed Mason Mount. And Gareth Southgate says the reason he don't pick him is because, you know, there's a lot of other contenders for that position. It's a very comp- competitive region of the team mm. that he's looking at. And he's down lower down the pecking order. I'm sorry, I think he's surpassed Mason Mount now. I think he offers much more it, the, with the dead ball and live, floating in the pockets. He can play in multiple positions. I think he's surpassed him. But, you know, that's Gareth Southgate's call. I know it's not Brendan's yeah. call because he, 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 he spoke at length in the press conference last night, waxing lyrical about yeah. um, about James. And I, and I think he's... Um, they've got a special bond, those two, you know. I, I think there's a real connection between them. It's funny, <laughs> and, and uh, as if you look at football fans, I've said this often in, in the dictionary, it says fickle, but it's funny how one game you can suddenly see things in a completely different light, you know. And yeah, um, it's always challenging though when you go for a run like that, uh, mm. that, that they've been on. I mean, because I've not. I've not experienced that before. I, can't, I mean, I've not checked all the stats. I mean, I'm sure, no. sure my old colleague Jordan Blackwell has because he's a stato. <laughs> um, but I can't remember a run where it seemed so desperate. Um, but there were, but the frustration was there was moments when it wasn't when it was encouraging. You know, they were they were creating chances and 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 mm. um, playing some good attacking football. That high press, but when it fails, th- then it can be catastrophic. But um, and obviously, last night there was a couple of key moments that could have gone the other way as well. But yes. that it was hard to come through that. And, and so I hope the Leicester fans really embraced that win last night and enjoyed it. I mean, I, I for me, the the I, I was very much behind Brendan last season. This season, I just think you know when we went through the Great Escape and we were struggling week after week, but mm. you, you felt like the players would give their all on the pitch. Yeah. And yeah, I, there was only too. a few moments I saw that before last night, but last night they seemed they seemed to want to play for for for, for the manager. They were first and second to every. You know, they were the first of the ball. They were first of the second ball. Um, they 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 were. I know. Okay, you could you could say it was only Forest, but in fairness, Forest could have said well it was only Leicester <laughs> at that point. Yeah. But 
for me, and I'm and I'm pleased, obviously, because I'm you know I it, I can't believe these people that sort of say like, "Well, oh, want us to lose so Brendan gets the sack." I never want my team to lose. Not against Nottingham um, Forest. No, it's perfectly not against Nottingham Forest. Well, against any team, but yeah, that's what you mean. But it's can he keep that up? It's one game. And I wanted him gone before this run of games because Manchester City, I'm going to be watching from behind the sofa. Yeah, but, but, but before head, that, before that, you'll be before okay. Before that, yeah. It's it's the four games we've got. It, I can say, have we? is it just going to be one game? Or are we going to see this? Because that was exciting stuff we were playing yesterday. Yeah, and we have to put it in context. I mean, that was as poor a team performance as I've seen from a Premier League side from Forest. Mm. And, you know, the, the contrast between Leicester and, and Forrest is quite stark for me. I mean, Brendan was very negative in the pre-season and at the start of the season about talking about what he didn't get, uh, the refresh that he didn't get, the areas of the team that were um, lacking quality, uh, how his team needed um, support and more help. And it was a very negative tone running all the way through it. And I thought to myself, and I wrote it as well, this is affecting people. This will affect players. This will affect the fans. He's really got to change the, the message. Then you look at Forest and they come up and 23 signings compared mm-hmm. to Leicester's one. Well, Alex Smithies as well, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, so what a contrast. But then you see the other side of the coin that you've got to gel a team. Yeah. In a very short space of time, 23. Mm-hmm. They looked like a side. I mean, I think Steve Cooper is a, is a great manager. I do, yes. And, and and some people said if Leicester made decided to make a change with Brendan, would you have Steve Cooper? And I said, yeah, I'd give mm-hmm. him a chance. But, you know, they looked like, I wondered how many of those were his signings, how many of them were enforced on him by the ownership. Yes. I mean, I go back to the ownership. I know there's some people, some Leicester fans, they're still questioning top. And questioning the ownership. I mean, this is a tough time, but, you know, he's stuck by the manager because he wants to give him more time because he's recognised in those first few games that you played United and Arsenal and Chelsea and Tottenham. And, you know, it was a tough start. And he and he recognised as well that he didn't give Brendan what he needed. So this is the first time I can recall where the ownership haven't been able to give the manager what they want mm. in the transfer window because normally that, that support is there. The model has always been sell an asset, reinvest it. They haven't done it for two summers until for final left, just before the window closed. So, you know, that it was a departure from from that um, that model that served them so well. So I think there's a recognition that he probably deserves a little bit more time just because of that. But if it had gone sour last night, I think then Top might have made a, a decision. But I, I, I think it was the last decision he wanted to make. He wants to give him as much time as possible. He did. He definitely did. And do you know what? I mean, it just shows us fans don't really know as much as we think we do, don't we? Because you know, if he, if the he, journalists like, don't either. The journalists don't either. You know, that this is the unique thing about Leicester City. If a decision's ever going to be made, there's only one person that initially is going to make that decision, and then mm. there's only three people at the club that will know about it for a while. And that'll be top, obviously, John and Susan Whelan, John yes. Rutkin. Um, yeah. So it's a very closed circle at Leicester City. It's not like other clubs where there's sources everywhere. That I mean, a lot of things you you, you read in the media, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of insight. 
a lot of the stuff you 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 might read is coming from our external sources, but none mm. of them have got an inside. Um, none of them have got an inside to 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 those three. So you know you always have to take things with a little bit of a pinch of salt, uh, and use your common sense when you read things and 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 hear them and think, well, what that what, where's that coming from? What's the source mm. and that? Because there's a lot of um, stuff that's written that I well I laugh at, to be honest. Oh yeah, I mean, and no disrespect to, to to a lot of journalists. We know that sort of the, you know the the sites that you're referring to, but you know, you, I used to call it ninety minute dot com journalism, where you'd have yeah. a story that somebody said from the mother's auntie's cleaner at the ground, and you know before you'd ignore it. And now I, I guess it's the, the the modern day culture that we live in. But oh yeah, it's changed. It's changed massively. I mean, I've been covering less than fourteen seasons. And it's changed enormously from in that time. I mean, uh, social media and every and the the, the multiple me, uh, media outlets now. Um, mm. You know, it, it, there is it just it's like a blanket's been thrown over it now. And uh, yeah. but that's made the clubs shrink those circles. Mm. Before they used to be very open. There used to be a lot of off record stuff. You know, little steers about what's going on, who they want to get, things like that. Now, clubs, certain clubs, and Leicester are definitely one of them. Are closing up shop and and certainly mm. in a time when the manager's under pressure, that they're not going to be um, giving steers and stuff. It's it's all straight bat stuff. So you know, you, you, sometimes you just have to sit. And I know some fans get frustrated because I mean they certainly did during the international window because I was getting uh, DMs all the time saying what's going on, what's happening with Rogers and all that stuff. Well, nothing as far as we're yes. aware. Yeah, well, like I say, you know, top could could have outdone us all and got it spot on again. Oh, was it? Was it? There's a lot of rumours. I always thought it was the dad that wanted to sack Pearson, Vichai, and and other way round. Was it? Wow! It was Vichai that it was Vichai that stepped in and and saved Pearson, and what a decision that turned out to be. And perhaps top learned a lot from that. Perhaps he learned a lot from that. But yes, and he's got a, a very good relationship with Brendan. Uh, yeah. and, and I think that's one of the reasons why he, because a lot of people, and I was one of them included, thought after the Tottenham game, going into this national break, if they were going to make a change, is this the time? Because you get mm. somebody else in. I know it's going to cost a lot of money uh, to pay off um, Brendan and also cost a lot of money to try and get, if he can get in, his replacement, which we believe would have been Thomas Frank at Brentford that um, he was somebody that they were um, quite keen on. I mean, there was, there was other names yeah. being bandied around, but I think that um, I think top was very steadfast in his belief that considering, you know, everything I mentioned before, you know, the summer and mm-hmm. the start of the season, the fixtures, the way they came that Brendan and everything he's achieved at the club, Brendan deserves more time. Having said that, I'm sure there's an element of this, the fan base that will never, you know, go back and be pro Brendan. Um, but I think he could still win a large proportion of them back over if they play the brand of football we saw last night. Oh, this is the thing, and we 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 all remember Nigel Pearson could be stubborn. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh just, yes. Just a tad. Just a tad. <laughs> and Brendan has got that streak in him as well because oh, yeah. I can. Re- I can remember when he first came and he took over from Puel, he got Vardy scoring because Vardy hadn't been scoring for ages. He got mm. us attacking. And, yeah, it's trying to change the outlook and the way that we play. But yeah. we had turned back into that Puel team. 
But do you think he will look at that? And I know I say it is a thing, do you think? Will he look at that last night and go, yeah, right, that's worked. I'm going to stick with that. Or is he going to go back to, you know, <laughs> where he was? No, I, th- I honestly think his philosophy, he will, he will change systems. You might get a back three. You might get uh, yeah. a back four. You might get a 4-3-3. Three, three, you might get a 4-1-4-1. Four, one, four, one. You might change a few personnel. I think there's certain parts of the squad he'll, he won't go back to unless he's absolutely desperate. And then that's an issue because, you know, that's another whole other story, whether he can get you know, a tune out of some of those. But um, uh, I don't think he'll ever change his philosophy in no. terms of his high press. I mean, uh, looking at all those stats, I mean, there's only two games this season where they haven't dominated possession. Well, I say dominate, but had more than 50% possession this season. You know, they, pre- they press the game high, high, high. And that makes them vulnerable to the counter-attack. And against Tottenham, who are probably one of the best counter-attacking sides in yeah. the division at the moment, you can be very, very vulnerable And if you get it wrong. And, they, and they've been getting it terribly wrong. And there's been a lot of individual errors as well. But I don't think Brendan, you talk about him being stubborn and Nige being stubborn, they both basically had a lot of self-belief. Mm. And, and, and Nige still has a lot of self-belief. Brendan has total self-belief in what he's doing. Uh, I think he, he. I think he. I recall an interview with him when he was, was he when he was sacked at um, Reading. I think was it Reading, and uh, he, he said something afterwards about that he went. He changed his philosophy because things weren't going well for him at the time, and he went a bit more defensive, trying to shut up shop and, and and see if that would do. And he'll never do that again. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't remember when he said that. He said it to us for a while a while back. I'd have to check that one, but. Um, I don't. I just think he's unwavering in his philosophy. Yeah. And you, I suppose game. you've got to have that self belief, haven't you? Otherwise, you'd be, you know, it's like you you can't do fantasy football in the real world. And you know, if you're doing fantasy football, you're swapping players in and out every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of factors that go into. That. I mean, who would have factored in? You know, I've talked to somebody today, and I've completely forgotten. Well, I've forgotten, but it slipped my mind. Ricardo Pereira, the loss of Ricardo Pereira in preseason. Mm. The loss of form, yes. Wilfred Nididi, the, 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 the sale of Fafana, mm. whatever the, the situation is with Siunshu. I mean, he's just lost total faith in Siunshu. Uh, but the way he... Uh, I talk about the team pressing. They press from the front, first of all. But he likes his centre-halves to press into midfield. So Fafana mm. used to do that superbly well. Siunshu, when he was on form, used to do that superbly well. He's got neither of them now. Valt yeah. Fast, though, for me, has been fantastic oh. in the last two games. I know they like, they conceded six at Tottenham. So I don't <laughs> think any of those goals you could put down to him. And last night, no. his distribution with the ball, the way he pressed into the field, the way he carried the ball out from defence to commit people, hmm. he just looks... For, I know it's early doors and I don't want to get over the top, but he no. just looks a great signing. Yeah, apart, I mean, obviously, he was caught out for the time when they hit the post and had that gone in, who knows where it would have gone. But yeah. Again, yeah, that, that's overloads in games, which we were talking about earlier about, you know, the fullbacks high up and if nobody's yes. covering, suddenly those two at the back, Evans and Fowl, and we saw it at Spurs a lot of time, are totally overrun or exposed. So you just yeah. got to be really careful in those situations. Talking about Rodgers, you were saying being sacked, it was 17 years ago today when Liverpool sacked Brendan Rodgers. Mm. Yeah. And I thought, and I thought, I must admit, I thought this is this is uncharted territory for Brendan. Hmm. He's never been at a club as long as he has now. He's never faced the problems he's faced now. 
So we're going to, this is a test of his metal. This is a test of, of the, how good a manager he really is now. And this is a good first step, but it's only a first step. Yeah. If you look back at what happened towards the end of his Liverpool reign, he didn't get what he wanted in the transfer window. He made some uh, questionable signings himself, you know, and I'll go back mm. to, you know, the Vestigard's Bertrand signings here, Perez perhaps as well. You know, he, he brought in some of the Lucky Lambert and, you know, <laughs> the players that he signed at Liverpool towards the end. Um, and and also he he was very vocal in the media towards the end of Liverpool, uh, talking about those problems and how he probably didn't get the support he, he was expected or wanted mm. at Liverpool at that time. And I felt like it was happening again. History was repeating itself. Um, but he stopped that. In the last few weeks he stopped that, and he just seems to have focused a little bit himself and settled yeah. down himself. And I, I there's some quotes that are going to be coming out tonight from Johnny Evans. The club captain. Uh, I won't reveal them because it's not fair to the other media outlets, but they're, no. they're coming out at 10.30 tonight. Um, and it's basically, it will re- reaffirm whether the players are playing for him or not. And I think there's a lot of players in that club that um, still are with him. Mm. There's some that aren't, and they're the obvious ones. Yeah, But there's still a lot, like Madison's got, a, as I said, got a special bond with him. And I think there's a lot of players that are still with him. You're not going to get all, the, all. I mean, last night I think it showed they were they were playing for him, um, and I think, um, in my opinion, anyway. But I think you're never going to get 100. You're always going to get the odd player that's not being picked and is a bit upset and what have you. And you yeah, know, but that's natural. I mean, I've played in teams that like you know Saturday Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning teams where yeah. it's the same. If you're not in the team, you're not happy. You, no, you want to no. play, don't you? Funny enough, I've got. I'm doing a quiz tomorrow night, and it's Newcastle versus Nottingham Forest. Um, <laughs> I wonder what the first question for the Forest one will be. But yeah. I was just checking that he's still available, and he goes, uh, "Not a problem." And the, this is the Forest fan. Um, he says, "Not a problem." Uh, there have been reports that Steve is close to leaving, um, but we, we will see. I think it's wrong if they do. Um, Brookline says, "There, why do Leicester and Nottingham Forest hate each other?" Um, it's just it's just the rivalry, isn't it? And I mean, I was on a I was on a Forest chat the other night, and uh, well, Sunday night actually, and they say that oh, Leicester aren't you know rivals to us. It's Derby and all this and the other. But my God, did they love having a dig at us in the chat? <laughs> I think it's the fact that it's just that we have. I mean, for me, it's Coventry, but we've not played Coventry in God knows how many years. And I think it's just the fact that we've got that Derby now. Well, I was on. I did PLP Premier League Productions, which um, goes around the rest of Europe and the world mm. on the pitch before the game last night, and it was ta- I was talking live to the Norwegian uh, television, and they were they were asking me about rivalries because they went around the town and asked people, and they went to Nottingham first, and they said, and the Nottingham fans said, "No, Derby's our rivals. Leicester aren't really our rivals." Yeah, where Leicester fans went, yeah. Nottingham Forest, yeah, we'll we'll have one of those as our rivals. But it all depends on the part of the county you live in. I mean, I'm yes. obviously I'm, I'm from the West Midlands, so that yeah. that's cut and dried. You know, it's Blues Villa, Wolves Albion. You know, it's cut mm-hmm. and dried. Yeah. Um, but in the in the East Midlands, it all depends on which part of Leicestershire you're in. If in the north, it's either Forest or Derby. If in the south, it's Coventry. And yes, you know, and in recent years, Villa to, yeah. to an extent because they were the only ones that you could compete with on the same level. 
um, because you were. Top I think dogs. there was a bit of that. It, you know, yeah. a lot of that is like who is there that we can have rivalry with. But, but I think I felt, I felt, uh, I felt before previously as well the playoff game at um, at Nottingham. And it was um, you know when uh, I mm. think was it Kingy that scored, or Knockart that scored late on. I can't remember. Yeah, now. Ale Le Bleu. Yeah, 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 yeah. That moment, that was that struck yeah. it home to me. I can remember. Uh, Wayne Brown talking to me down the tunnel after a five-one defeat, I think as well. You know, I can, yeah. I felt it both ways. Yeah. So I know yes. I know that um, that is a Leicester Forest to me out of all of them has felt the more um, tribal. Mm. Look at uh, Terry says there, and I want to pick out Samari because when the team was announced yesterday uh, before the game. I was, I was, oh, what the hell have we put Barnes in for? He's not on form. Why is he picking him? And then, of course, I went, always said that Barnes was a good player. First name on the team sheet every week. And there was indeed Tillemans and Barnes, and they all had good games. But Tamari, for me, he's, he's turning it round, and I think he's going to be a really good player for us. Well, you know, the recruitment department have been scouting Tamari for a while. And they right. really sold him. They sold him to Brendan. Brendan wasn't too sure. Hmm. And then they got him in. And obviously, you know, we, we, we've seen what happened initially. Brendan wasn't having him. Um, but I think he's slowly winning him over. He's, hmm. he's got to increase his work rate. And we're starting to see that. I mean, James, this, the penny drop with James Madison, as I said earlier, about the work rate as well, off the ball as, as well as on it. Samari's yeah. a young kid that's come from France where... The game is nowhere near as intense. It's a more technical game. Uh, and he has got that technical ability. But, you know, the, it, it was whether he had the hunger and desire as well, whether he had the character. He start, it's his first step, as I said earlier, but he's, he's slowly starting to win people over. Um, he's a beast of a player. He's a, he's mm. a physically, uh, you know, he's an animal. You know, he, he should be doing more of the physical stuff. And we're starting to see it now. And and if and if he just settles down, he can do it. I think Brendan will play him because Wilf has, has has had a. I thought he was better last night, but he's had a tough yeah. tough old start to season. I've not seen as much as I've seen Madison progress. Wilf has dropped off a, a cliff a, a little bit in terms of his own personal mm. performances. Yes, yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> your your poster just popped up on my phone from the Athletic. <laughs> that, that's I haven't time, posted that it? now. I haven't posted that now. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I, I, I obviously I've subscribed to get the you know the links when they go yeah. off, and uh, that was timing. Uh, David says there should we question Brendan for games where we've asked why he has had players out of their natural positions, or instead, mid lad. He wants his players to be more versatile and learn new skills. He does like versatile players, doesn't he? Yes, he does because you know he does like to change shape, and uh, and 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 if he's got players, certain players that he can rely on that can drop into certain situations. I mean, Castagna can play as a fullback, right and left, and they play as a third centre back. We've seen Amate do the same. You know, there's multiple players that can play in different positions, but. He's got to settle now because in this situation, he's got to settle now on a on a lineup, and I think he has that he that will serve him for the the remainder of um of this run up until the World Cup. Um, I thought Key was bringing. I know fans are questioning Jamie Vardy at the moment, and Patson Dacker's finish was amazing. Yes, but I just think Jamie's a bit of a talisman for the team as well. He will lift them and raise them. 
he's a leader on the pitch and they're short of leaders. I'm hoping yeah. Fast will be a leader. He's he's captain. I mean, I did a piece on him in the Athletic, and he's captain nearly every team, including Belgium ones, twenty ones that he's um, that he's been involved in. So yeah. he's obviously a leader. Johnny's yeah. obviously a leader. Hundred caps in Northern Ireland. There's another leader. We lost Casper Schmeichel. I I'd, I think Keenan Dewsbury Hall when he's confident has got the ability to be a leader in midfield. But at the moment, you know, the one that I think he's really been proving to be a leader. It's Madison again, mm. you know, he's um, he's pulling people around him. He's and there was a moment in the first half when um, Keenan blazed one over the bar and he just lay on the floor, deflated. And Madison raced over, grabbed him, patted him on the back, lifted him off the floor, said something to him as if to say, you know, that get your head up, that was a good effort, or whatever. Yeah. You're a good player, whatever. And apparently, he does that a lot. Um, I think he's emerging. As a, as a leader as well. So they need these yeah. leaders in the side now. I, I, I must admit, I have questioned whether Madison could be a, a future captain. My worry sometimes is, and you don't see it so much in football, but I guess you do in cricket, uh, Ian Botham's the obvious one, is where you, you take a, a great play, uh, player yeah. and make them captain and it ruins the game because they've got all that pressure. Yeah. And that would be my only worry with Madison, whether you know we should just let him be be Madison, basically. Yeah, that's, that's a good argument. I mean, mm. I, I, mean I, I imagine in cricket, you've got a lot more to think about. Although the game is very, much, much slower, you've got a mm. lot more to think about tactically. You know, you, you, you're picking the team and, and, and doing all that. But yeah, you don't have to put an armband on him, though, to be a leader. No. You, you know, he, he, he can still pull people around him and he should be doing that anyway, naturally doing that anyway. Um, yeah. But I think that's what Vards does that as well. Yeah, Vards is a leader of the mm. side. So I, I like Patson. Um, I think he's developing. I think he needs more time. That was a great finish last night. But I think um, yeah. if Jamie can start and then Patson come on an, an hour, if, I mean, he's 35 now, give him an hour, let him run himself ragged for an hour, throw Patson on for 30 minutes running a tiring defence, and suddenly you, you might have you might have a little uh, recipe for, for success there. I must admit, I, I thought the same, but the other way round. I was thinking, put Patson but. on for 60 minutes, take him off after 60 minutes, and all the defenders are going, right, right, we can have a rest now. And you're looking at, oh, shit, Jamie Vardy's coming on. But I think that, that they could, he, he could make the use of that, Brendan, I'm sure, and, and do it both ways. Uh, JB's asking a question here. I haven't heard this, I've got to be honest with you, JB. Is it true Leicester want Van der Beek on loan in January? They've been linked with Van der Beek before, but it's not been realistic from what I'm being told. Mm. So um, they will look to try and strengthen the squad in January, I think, with some of the Fafana money. But there won't be a massive amount to be spent. And they, they've they always been reluctant to do business in January um, because of uh, they don't feel that like there's a, enough value to be had spending your money then when you can spend it in the summer. And look, let's be realistic. Leicester... Except for the the summer when they spent fifty five million on five players and didn't sell an asset, uh, Leicester don't tend to spend massive amounts of money uh, net. You know, it all depends on a sale of an asset. So I can't see them spending a lot of money in January. But if there's a deal that could be done alone mm. like that, I mean, pre- predominantly we've seen loans in January. They'll look to do them because I think that it's quite clear that. Brendan needs a bit of help support in that January transfer window. 
Yeah, and I don't think you get the best. I mean, all right, we got Telemans on loan, like you say. So I think that, that was is a good the way. One. That was yeah. that, that's that's a classic example, isn't it? Telemans. On it loan. is, but I say that was a loan rather than a because I think if you buy players in January, you're buying them because yeah. you, you you're not desperate, but you know what I'm saying. And I think clubs know that, you know. So, but like I say, I think Telemans might be sorted in January because he can talk to to clubs from abroad and what have you. Um, yeah. David says here, you have to think it's a genuine appreciation that Top has for Brendan, which is basically what you said earlier. And and I think, you know, we saw it on the pitch after the FA Cup. And uh, I think it's all, I mean, for me, I do think in a little way, Brendan was hung out to dry at the start of the season. I mean, Top did come out at the Man United game and say, look, this is why we've got no money, FFP, etc., etc." But by then, we'd gone through the whole transfer window. We'd been listening to rumours and what have you. And that was the last day of the transfer window. I think had he said that in the summer and come out, yeah. and then we wouldn't have had everybody chasing all our players thinking we were out to do a fire sale. But I think it would have just calmed things down. Because once he said that, a lot of us sort of went, oh, OK, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and I've said it before. I think the, the hierarchy at the club should speak publicly more often. The only voice is ever Brendan or yeah. the manager, managed previous managers. Um, it's something that needs to be addressed, I think, just to alleviate any of those sort of concerns. Because I still believe, and I know there's some criticism of the club, that um, it's a well-run club. Mm. I think I'd, I'd truly, I know that they've, they've tried to chase the dream in many ways by increasing that revenue uh, to wages threshold which is about 85 percent on the last uh the last accounts they've, they've, they've really tried to push the boat out and support the football side of it um the, the revenue hasn't grown as much as probably they would have hoped for and that's the reason why they're looking at the stadium expansion and all that land at mm. the back of um of Aylston road and you know and and and, and yeah and, and around that area um because that will bring in huge amounts of revenue Yes, and if they truly want to compete with those big six, seven, eight in the Premier League on a consistent basis and be in Europe on a consistent basis, which is what why they're concerned about FFP. It's not Premier League FFP they're no. concerned about because that's ridiculous. Because we've seen what Everton have been doing. Yes. you know it's a joke. Yeah, it's the UA for one. If they qualify for Europe, it's not an issue now this season, but it has been in previous seasons, and that's why they're well, on the watch. It was only the COVID exception that kept us underneath the, the limit, wasn't it? Well, exactly, yes. Well, there was other other factors as well, you know, investment in the, the women's well, yeah. team, yes. uh, investment in the training ground. Um, you know, these are all permissible under FFP rules. Um, I mean, I think Matt Slater, my colleague, who's fantastic at doing the, their diagnostics on on finances and individual <laughs> club finances, worked out that they were like something like 10, 10 million. You know, that's that was all that, that could be attributed each year. Uh, to to FFP, so left them well short. But UEFA different, so yeah. it had to be. You know, they had to sort of recognise that and, and pull the reins in a little bit. And obviously, that's had an impact on the start of this season. But I still believe they they've got the genuine interest of the club at heart. I know there's a lot of rumours about them trying, wanting to sell the club. I'm not convinced about that personally, but um, yeah. I can't see any evidence of that. I mean, they're pressing ahead with a lot of projects. Um, so let's see. Yeah. Rennie says there, how were you feeling last night, Rob? <laughs> um, I was relieved because, you know, 
I must admit, I've I've been through a number of managers sackings and, and those mm. scenarios, and and it's it's not a nice experience because you're dealing with individuals at the end of the day, you know, human beings. Yes, I know they're well paid and and stuff like that, and so I, I don't like um, sticking the knife into to, to, to people. And Brendan's been, you know, very very good with the the media. Uh, he's had to front up a lot and he's achieved a lot. And I've never thought I'd, I've never covered an FA Cup final before in my mm. career. And I got to do that. I never, I've done two community shields now. One went against us, one went for us. So yeah, it, it's yeah. been, it's been a, a fantastic adventure, but um, it'd be nice if it could continue for a bit. Yeah, it would. It would. I think I know the answer to this one before we even start. Um, <laughs> who is the best Leicester player right oh. now? Matt, as I said, you know, Leicester City for the last 18 months have been a team of inconsistencies and he's been the one consistent. You know, he turns up since he, he came out of the team and came back in the team after, uh, you know, a bit of a reality check from Brendan. He's been the one consistent. I mean, Harvey Barnes on his day, fantastic. Not on his day, you know, he's mm. he, he's not he, he's not contributing. And and you could say that about the majority of them, but um, Madison has been producing game after game after game. He, he's the one that produces the goals and assists. So he's such a key player. Yeah. I worry that they were, they will be able to keep hold of him. I think he's now at that level where, if they're not challenging for European football and Champions League football, there will be clubs that are at that level that will be able to afford him. Well, Newcastle, we mentioned it before. JB said here he reckons Madders will go in January for a better project. Um, not, not in January, no. no I no. don't think in January. I don't think Leicester City will sell him in January. No, no. Perhaps next summer, though, unfortunately, yeah. I, I believe. We, we, like you say, we don't need to. Um, and I suppose a lot of these players are looking at Yuri and thinking, well, hang on, you know, we can we drag ours out. Yeah, because obviously if there's no transfer fee involved, they can get, you know, better wages. I suppose the thing is, at the end of the day, that there might still be, come January, a little bit of a battle for Yuri. Um, It'll be interesting with Yuri in January because, you know, there's been so many transfer windows that it's been widely accept, yeah, accepted that he's available. He's um, holding out for a Champions League club, but nobody's coming for him yet. This is almost the last chance, really, for Leicester to get any sort of money for him. Mm. But I don't think they want to weaken the squad. And I have seen, um, although he's not been at the same levels that he's done previously, I have seen that he's 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 been improving and getting back to his his old self. It'd be interesting to see who comes in for him. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I mean, they still have to pay a little bit of money for him. He can sign a pre-agreement. To leave on a free in the in the, the summer in January, mm. and that would basically commit him to leaving the club anyway. I, I think we've known for a while he he, he wants to look at passages new. I know there was some suggestion they were going to sign him on a one year contract, but I, can't, I don't really see what that would achieve. No. I mean, do you think, like you say, he he, you know, they've said like, well, Arsenal have come in, you know, rumored <laughs> whether they've actually come in for him, obviously something else, but rumored to come in for him, but they've not necessarily been the right project because he does want Champions League. Do you think come the end of the season, he, uh, end of the, uh, the the season, if we haven't had a Champions League club come in for him, that he would either stay on a little bit longer and, you know, try and get one or would go to somebody in the Europa 
Arsenal have been linked with him for a while, and it's always yeah. been the suggestion they were going to come in for him, and they never have. Yeah, and that's the reality, unfortunately, for for Yuri, is that um, as good as he is, and as much as he's loved by Leicester, uh, though that level of club that he might be aspiring to to, to join, I've got reservations, and it might mm-hmm. be the the vast majority of that might be the fact that he would cost cost a few quid, not just um, in terms of a transfer fee, but in his wages, but also I think um, that certain players play to a certain level. Um, because there might be something lacking in their game. And they've looked at Yuri, and I think some of these top clubs, and think, was well, that, that physicality missing from his game? Yeah. I mean, I saw it against uh, Roma, Pellegrini. Pellegrini did a number on Yuri in, in both legs, where you know he, they knew that he was the conduit, he was the playmaker, he was the quarterback. So Pellegrini sat on him whenever the ball came into to, 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 to Yuri and, and just mm. nullified him. And then as soon as they won the ball back, he was bursting past Yuri and Yuri couldn't keep up. You know, you've seen that head wobble a number of times, don't you, when he's trying to chase people back. Mm. You know, he lacks a little bit of that physicality that would take him to the next level. And I think that's why those top, top Champions League clubs that he aspires to play for and his his, um, advisors are probably telling him that he should hold out for. Mm. I think Leicester's his level. I think a club like Leicester is his level. He's going to play every week. But I'm not his advisor. No, you know, no. We would all like to be, wouldn't we? But, um, look, Rob, I appreciate you coming on. I'm looking at the time, and I know that the dogs are going to be going mad in about two or three minutes. Yeah, yeah. The missus <laughs> coming in from a keep fit, so they'll go nuts in a minute. <laughs> this was a lot happier than I thought the conversation we're going to have was, so okay. I'm relieved about that. Uh, he's, here till, he's here to the World Cup at least now, surely, isn't he? Last, uh, last one. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it all depends what happens at Bournemouth. That's not been a very happy hunting ground uh, for Leicester in the past. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll oh, fingers crossed because we've got fingers a run crossed. of games after that. That um, you know they really could get some develop some momentum over the next few games. Fingers crossed they can. Rob, as always, I really do appreciate this. Thank you so much. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Athletic and check out Rob's. Um, Rob's uh, writings because it make it makes more sense than me. But then again, that's not hard. Rob, thanks very much, mate. Take care. Anytime. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks to Rob for coming on there. He talks. Yeah, it just took a lot more sense than me. Uh, who doesn't? Um, uh, Brookline just coming on at the end there, uh, feeling better about set peaches and set piece coach. You know what? I mean, I think there was that picture of him at the Tottenham game, and he didn't look too happy. In a kind of way, I think that's what I said. I mean, had we, let's say we'd somehow managed to get a draw or even a win against Tottenham, he'd have sat there and gone, oh, what am I doing here? You know, the door. So I think it, in a way, it kind of said, yeah, this is why we need you. And as, as Rob said, it was, yeah, you saw things last night. My concern is, can we keep this up? If we go and lose to Bournemouth, 5-2, 4-2, then last night would mean diddly squat in the big scheme of things. Um, it's interesting how football changes so quickly. Cooper is now the one un- under pressure, um, not necessarily because of what it, you know how they're playing. It's because the owner, uh, you know, he 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 bought a manager in Olympiacos, his Greek club, in the summer. Uh, it was the ex-Huddersfield boss and sacked him uh, about a month ago. So. 
yeah, we know it's a it's a funny old game. And who would have thought all these managers in the top two tiers and three, four tiers would have been sacked and Rogers would still be here? But as you know, I have been very vocal now this season. Last season I was vocal in that Brendan should be given the chance. Uh because of the run we went on, I was very no, he's gotta go. He's gotta go. Uh I I felt that. And I would I wanted him to go before that game. Two weeks we had to uh find somebody, get somebody in, and then get this easier, easier, shall we say, not easy, but easier run of games uh, uh out of the system and get some points. If we can produce what we produced last night, I've got to say Rogers can do it. And why not? You know, he's proved he can do it. He's just had to get us back. So, like I say, winning last night, as good as it was, and revenge was a lovely dish, so very cold to, to Nottingham Forest. And it was a league game, etc., etc., etc. It was at home. And it wasn't just the fact that we won. You've got to put that in with the manner that we won. Uh, but we've got to go on, and he's got to. He can't just now go back to think, oh, this is how we need to do it. As somebody was saying there, you know, did was was he attached to an electric shock machine when we scored a goal because he actually reacted? Um, <laughs> maybe because there was pressure on him, I don't know. But that did make me laugh. I'm not sure if that was Terry or David. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But that did make me... Um, that um uh yeah not a problem Renny. um I'm, I'm ending it now anyway we're going to be back at nine for the prediction show so um maybe i should predict leicester to do a draw again because that's what i did last time and uh and we've won four nil look thanks for watching if you've been catching up on the podcast thanks for lending me your ears you can have them back now uh it's just coming up to eight minutes to eight we're gonna be back in just over an hour at nine o'clock with the prediction show uh hopefully with steve linux if he's not working uh, i will see you then thanks very much if you are new please sub to the channel it will be much appreciated and if you're not new please press that um the, the 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 like button and smash the likes as always like i say thanks so much to rob tanner it's always a pleasure having him on and uh, we will see you in just over an hour good night thanks very much thanks for watching leicester till i die this is chris saying goodbye and see you next time this week's episode has come to an end but the fun doesn't have to stop here if you have any questions, suggestions or feedback, head over right now to Twitter and Facebook and like, share and get involved. Join us next time. Better like them too, or I'll be back.
Leicester Till I Die TV. They think it's all over. It- Sports Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.